Hey guys, I'm Nick. And I'm Yuji. Well, welcome to Papercut. This week, we're finishing Season 2, rounding up the highlights from the season, the low points, and what we hope to read in the future. So, join us for this very special episode of the Season 2 finale. So, alright, so, all right, so, so we're, starting this, we're starting this with, first of all, this first cat, three major categories, okay? So the first one is one book from the season you would recommend to everyone, one book you would avoid, okay. and one book you'd like to start in the future. Sure, sure. Uh, okay, so let's start, with, uh, let's start with you. One book from the season you would recommend to other people. So, yeah, out of all the books I've done, I would have to say Gone with the Wind is my pick for must-read. The reason is, as I said in that episode, um, I think the whole aspect of you know grit and resilience is portrayed very well in um, Scarlett O'Hara as a character. And um, to add to this, I think it's something that a lot of us urban people would relate to as well because the whole point of the story is how um, she grew from being a spoiled child to an independent woman. And I think a lot of us, you know, we were like being born in the city would have a lot of stuff um, being handed over to us. And we actually would have to go through like something related or similar to this as well in our lifetime. So I personally found it to be a very inspiring and um, definitely worth revis- revisiting novel. And I hope you guys will as well. For me, it was A Gentleman in Moscow. Because hands down, I think it's one of my favorite books in recent years. Uh, just to reiterate what it was about, it's about this former count gets put under house arrest during the Russian Revolution and the subsequent USSR years. So the writer, Amor Tolls, highlights and like romanticizes elements of Russian culture and history through the count. Answering once and for all what it means to be dignified and what it takes to be a true gentleman. I mean, for me, it was comedic, gently written, with enough tragedy and heartache to make you yearn for more. It's an homage to Russian literature and culture, and through it all, a love letter to life. I mean, I think it's great. It's a great read because it's not very difficult in terms of concept. It's very colorful. You have a full cast of colorful characters, and all in all, the only real thing I'd say you need to appreciate it is some appreciation of Russian history, or at least like Western history. On to our second category. Yeah. Exactly. So, Huge, I'm going to ask you again. One book you would tell everyone to avoid. Okay. No disrespect to the sea, but Old Man and the Sea. Now, I know it looks like, you know, I've said books that I've hated, and they're all related to, like, um, seafaring adventures. And I think... That's just a coincidence. Um, maybe books about seafaring adventures are quite boring in a sense because, like, in general, they're quite boring because there's not much to write about on the sea. Yeah. But um, that's one, like, one of the patterns I've noticed is um, be it this book or, you know, be it Moby Dick. There's a lot of rambling and there's a lot of, like, you know, quite boring bits in the middle that other people may find interesting, but I personally would just like to get on with the action. And there is not much action when you're, you know, waiting for the wind to blow a certain direction, really. Uh, also, it didn't help that this one's by Ernest Hemingway. Ah, oh. yeah. I don't think Hemingway and I jail well, because I've also recently read A Pharaoh to Arms, and that one for me was a slug to read through as well and there's definitely no sea involved in that one 
So yeah, I think well for me those two factors combined together makes the old man and the sea probably one of the most unread-worthy books in my opinion. And the only reason that it took me a week to get through it is because I listened to it through audiobooks. So it's kind of like a you know autopilot mode. Mm, mm. But I would recommend this book if you you know you've got sleeping problems. Then yeah. <laughs> Go go read it for sure, but not when you actually want to um, get something yeah. out of this. Not fair enough. I'm, you know, you know, you. It's funny because the book I picked to avoid is also to do with the sea, <laughs> <laughs> and for me, it would have been twenty thousand leagues under the sea. I mean, no joke. All right, like I found it interesting for like the first quarter of the book when they were trying to hunt down like what exactly was causing all these shipwrecks and everything. But the rest of the book is honestly pretty meh. Like, you're better off watching the Disney Channel movie. I'm not kidding. It's it's not that interesting in between. And to, to really prove the point, nothing much happens other than like a few adventures here and there. And it's not even like, there are no stakes in those adventures. It's mm. just like, oh, look, a fish. Oh, look, a, a, a crab. Oh, look, um, savages. Oh, no, but what if we, what if we are the savages? It's, it's not very interesting. And to prove this point, like if you go to the Wikipedia page... It literally only talks about like okay the very beginning and like it washes through the middle and it ends up like oh yeah uh, by the way this happens at the end so it's long and I get that it was written as a series of like adventure shorts mm-hmm. so I really shouldn't be going on and giving it too much shit but even then like the Count of Monte Cristo was written as adventure shorts and it's so engrossing yeah so I can't give Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea a very good rating but. In any case, I just want to reiterate, like, I don't think you're missing out much by not reading it, despite it being a classic. Agreed. Uh, And I guess on that note, let's end this episode on a hopeful note with one book you would like to start for the next season. So I guess I'll start this time? Uh, Sure. Okay. So for me, it will be uh, Dark Forest by Chisin Liu. It's the second book of the Remembrance of Earth's Past trilogy. And the book centers around a possible alien invasion and what humans can do to prepare for that. So this trilogy, just, uh, for some of you who don't know, consists of three books, obviously. Uh, the Three-Body Problem is the first one, Dark Forest is the second one, and Death's End is the third one. And the trilogy is from a Chinese author and is so well acclaimed from both East and West that the director's of um, the, uh, Game of Thrones, so D&D, whether you love them or not, before they ended with season 8 of Game of Thrones, <laughs> they, actually, they, they were actually commissioned um, to adapt this trilogy for Netflix. So it should be worth a read, for me at least, to read it before actually watching it. I mean, you know, spo- uh, just in case of spoilers and all that. And, and beyond that, there's also like philosophical implications. But I don't know if it comes from this book or not, but anyway, it's covered in the book. Um, the Dark Forest is a solution to Fermi's paradox. So Fermi's paradox um, basically asks the question, like, if the universe is so big, why have we not met other aliens? And the Dark Forest solution is probably the most terrifying um, solution of them all. It's a possible solution. It's not like the solution. So I want to exceed like, what this book has to say about that. And I guess I'll leave that there. Don't want to venture to spoiler territory, but if that's something you're interested in, there are videos on it online. So 
it's definitely worth your um, worth your time, I think, to read through that. Anyway, what were yours, huge? What would you say? Yeah, mine's a mine's a lot less um, sort of um, science fictiony. Mm. So um, for me, uh, it's one flew over the cuckoo's nest by Ken Kesey. Um, it's not like on a nutshell. It's not very. It's not very exciting. It's not. It's not like alien invasion and all that stuff. And um, the entire gist of the story really is just about a tyrannical nurse in a mental in a mental institute. And how she um, basically, you know, wreaks havoc and uh, tortures her patients, and um, how those patients kind of deal with her, and eventually, you know, I think they stage revolt or some kind of thing. But um, I haven't read the book. But anyway, um, the reason I read, I want to read this, is because um, first of all, it's been, sh- it's, been sh- it's been sitting on my bookshelf for about a year now. Nice. And second of all, is because um, there's a Netflix series called Ratchet. So Ratchet is the name of the nurse. And it's meant to be like a prequel as to explaining how the nurse came to be like she was in the book. And it stars um, Sarah Paulson from American Horror Story, who whose performance I really like. So I just want to watch it. And as a prerequisite, I have to read the book as well. Oh, fair enough. So, yeah. I, I thought you were going to say you were inspired by the movie of the same name, One Flew Over Cuckoo's Nest with, um, with Jack Nicholson. Oh, no, but... I haven't, I haven't watched that one, but yeah. I I'm come, from, I come from a more modernist viewpoint, if you will. Fair enough. All right, then. And I guess, Yush, that wraps up season two. Thank you, everyone, for listening in to us for this whole season again and for and for putting up with us. Uh, Yush, do you have anything to say to our lovely audience? Um, nope. I guess um, until then, see you guys. See you. Peace. Out. If you like what we do, follow us on Spotify or in any of your other preferred streaming sites. If you want to leave us a comment or let us know what you think, you can email us at papercut.cast at gmail.com or Instagram at papercut.cast, no caps. Or Twitter at papercutpodcast, one word, no caps. Look forward to seeing you guys next week for another episode. Until then, I'm Nick. And I'm Yuji. Peace. Out.